1: From heaven said to them Listen to him You better listen to him Listen to him The Shining Fair like the sun The Shining Fair Became as white, his clothes became as white as light. Listen to him. You gotta listen to him. Listen to him. Oh, 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 oh. listen to him. Listen to him. Moses and Elijah talking there with Jesus. A cloud of and at faced down to the ground Looked up and the only one they found was Jesus, Jesus. Glorified Glorified This is my son my This is my son Within him I am well pleased With, With him, him I am well pleased, well pleased.
2: My dear friend, welcome once again to today's reflection. Today, we are on the topic, tomorrow is past. Tomorrow is past. It is said, yesterday is history, today is reality, and tomorrow a mystery. Despite the mystery and unpredictability about the future, with God, tomorrow is as certain as yesterday six months before jesus's birth his future mission was stated in the past tense god has visited and redeemed his people this can be found in luke chapter 1 verse 68 and 69 jesus was in the womb and his earthly ministry death and resurrection lay in the future yet his mission is written in the past tense with god The future is already history. He's already set things in motion to accomplish our hopes for tomorrow. Because of this, we can confidently face the future. Because our living Savior Jesus Christ has visited our tomorrow and has made it as certain as yesterday. There is a song by Bill Gaither which goes, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. My name is Margaret Abeberse. Thank you for listening.
3: prayer sacrificial. Make prayer sacrificial. Pray even when you don't feel like it. It may involve a sacrifice that goes beyond your normal routine, but the results are infinitely rewarding. Let us turn to Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. I read, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the lord i read again never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the lord make prayer sacrificial and as you pray even when you do not feel like it definitely you will receive results even when you do not feel like you will be receiving them the lord richly bless you i am bell dollar bill
1: Hello
4: listener, you are about to listen to a discussion on the topic, heart. This is the second part of the discussion, heart.
3: You, you said that um, the liver converts uh, the carbohydrate into glucose yeah. and then later into what? Glycogen. glycogen to store. And when someone fasts, the body communicates to the liver and then it reconverts the glycogen to glucose. Yes. And then the person has energy. Yes. Yes. So what about those who cannot stand uh, hunger for like 3 yeah, well, hours they begin to get inkety, inkety. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> they
5: might have a higher metabolic rate, rate. Mm. so like it's so with such people they have a higher metabolic rate mm-hmm. so they are going in sense use the stored glycogen very fast mm. so with such people the best thing is they should be eating at short intervals okay. so that they don't lose all okay. so that they can still have some stored okay. so that they can always fall on it
3: but okay. I, I i usually get in getting it <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks for your advice one <laughs> thing is that um those people who have high metabolism mm-hmm. most of the time they cannot store the, the gli- uh, yes, okay. much of the glycogen, okay. Okay, what that thing gets used it? up, yeah, okay. Points. And so, in uh-huh. those people, they cannot gain weight uh-huh. very fast. No wonder I'm fat, uh- <laughs> <laughs>
5: They <laughs> cannot gain
3: <laughs> weight very fast because, mm-hmm. as soon as they eat, mm-hmm. the carbohydrate mm-hmm. is being converted into sugar and the body uses it, doesn't even get the mm-hmm. time to no, 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 no. glycogen, it's already finished, okay. <laughs> and so, those people they mm-hmm. don't gain weight, mm-hmm. but those who gain weight very fast, they have a problem mm-hmm. of storing um of the usage mm-hmm. rather okay Okay. and so the metabolism is very slow oh okay and so they intend to store the sugar mm-hmm. and then the body has to convert mm-hmm. into the glycogen yeah. okay? okay so in, okay. so those people are supposed to fast often oh, okay If yes, they than. can <laughs> <laughs> they cannot ah, a little They are hungry oh, already Okay. the <laughs> stomach is empty but the body has enough oh, okay. Um, glucose mm-hmm. okay interesting interesting um so We've now been taught what the liver is and what it does. What about the gallbladder, Madame Dorothy? Okay. The gallbladder, the function Mm -hmm. is to store bile. Okay. Okay. And the bile that the liver produces. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so it stores until there is food Mm -hmm. for it to be digested with, especially the the fat, as Mm -hmm. we said earlier. And so the bile is stored in the gallbladder Mm -hmm. until the passing of food. Produce mm-hmm. it empty into their intestines. Okay. Okay. And so that's one basic function of the gallbladder. Okay. So if if an individual does not eat uh, any fatty food, then what happens? The gallbladder keeps uh, uh, the storage of the bile. Okay. And do we have anything like uh, um, maybe over storage of bile okay. in the body or what? Okay, that can happen wow. because if there is excess. Mm-hmm. Or there is a problem with the, uh, the usage, mm-hmm. it can form into a stone oh, or calculus. and It can disturb the body. So it means once in a while you should take fat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And most of the food that we eat mm-hmm. in Ghana, of course, is fatty. Fat oil. Okay. okay. Especially we prepare stew, mm-hmm. and then we need to make the stew very. Pretty, yes, (laughs) Yes. okay. Mm. So, most of our food contains oil or fat. Okay, on that note, uh, would someone be right to say that because there's enough bile, one can eat as much as much fat as he or she wants? Um, I think I'm on uh, Enoch, tell us. Oh, no, no, absolutely absolutely no. Because Because we have have the bile being stored in the gallbladder, yeah, and if you don't eat the fat. The the gall will be tired, and later it will form into stones. I mean the. the <laughs>
4: but too much of the fat
3: mm-hmm. also has its own co- consequences. Okay. The fats will take mostly uh saturated fats. Mm-hmm. What but is saturated fats? Um, that's uh, in simple terms the, the bad fats. Okay. That, that is high in cholesterol. Okay, that's the is it the LDL? LDL. Kind of of uh-huh. cholesterol. Okay. So you're going to digest the fat. The, the fat's alright, mm-hmm. but the cholesterol is going to harm your body. Mm-hmm. So, uh, having the bile, or in 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 the event of um, not storing too much mm-hmm. bile, um, shouldn't uh, give you the warrant to eat too much fat
4: too, mm-hmm. because it's going to harm you in the long run.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, if I get you, you are saying that the gallbladder releases the bile so that it will help in the digestion the process of, of the fat, but it yeah. doesn't mean that bad fats after digestion cannot remain in your system yeah they're, okay. they're going to remain in the system so it will not necessarily melt the bad fat for it to get yeah, out it's no. going to break them down so, so that your body is going to absorb what them. it needs yeah okay yeah. so if it's bad it will absorb the bad yeah. one oh okay okay that's interesting Gallbladder. Hmm. there are several times when we hear of diseases of the liver what do we do that's damage our our liver let's look at what we eat um mommy gifty can you say something about yeah
5: and Mm -hmm. please am i permitted to add something let's go ahead okay someone will be wondering what is this gallbladder we are even talking about Mm. and when you say a gallbladder it's 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 a pear-shaped it's small, and it's rests, let's say, on the surface of the liver. So, when sometimes you kill a fowl, mm-hmm. you see there's this smallish, greenish stuff, and my grandma said, be careful you don't get that invested because if <laughs> you get investment, yeah. everything will become the you can't enjoy a chicken yeah. soup or something. Yeah. So that is a little bit
3: uh, our new,
5: oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Um, okay. Depends so, on the go, fancy, yeah. um, okay. okay. So, but you know, uh-huh. the, I can
5: language okay okay so please that is the lesson i want to for our listeners to really appreciate what we are talking about Mm -hmm. when you say the cow blood okay absolutely he's going also and things that can affect our liver okay and substances we take can help Or be of benefits to the liver or not. And some of the things that is the advantage of the liver is alcoholic beverages. Mm. Taking in alcohol can really damage the liver. And another thing is drugs and chemical substances. You know, when we're taking drugs, for the drugs to be able to work effectively, that's most drugs, they must go through the liver to... Uh, for metabolism to take place, that is, they will break down so that the um, liver would take it to the simplest form, that the body will send it to the language the body understands, mm-hmm. so that the body will be able to absorb it into the system for it to work effectively or to perform the function it's supposed to mm-hmm. do. However, when it goes to the liver, everything has a threshold. Mm-hmm. We know that it performs all these wonderful functions, but we must also take caution not to abuse it. So, when we are given paracetamol, your doctor says just take two tablets and you say, Oh, my headache is so severe exactly let me take four bear in mind as it's going it must break down and then the body also absorb when it becomes too so much for the liver it creates an, a problem for it and also those who like taking this traditional Medicine. Mm-hmm. We are not condemning it, but you should know the right dosage to take, mm-hmm. the amounts to take. That's what we normally see is, it's just there, you take your cup, yeah. you go yeah. and then you drink. Just drink. drink. <laughs> <laughs> you just drink, and drink, and drink, and go like, oh, this medicine, it's very good, yeah. it's very effective. But you should also bear in mind, the they know they are putting oh, on liver. the liver. Okay. So we should please take caution okay. concerning these things.
4: You just listen to the second part of the discussion, Heart. For
1: any
0: inquiries or contributions, you can contact us on plus 244, or 244 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana P.O. Box AF 595 Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana We will expect your feedback.
1: I make the mistake of working on my own, but then I am to see I can't alone. Wrap your arms around me, then you comfort me, and give me just what I need. Answer my prayer. He's and watching, watching for
4: you. And Welcome for yet again to another episode of Moment of Truth. My name is Agana Siri Agana. Today we're going to be considering a message I have entitled, How Much Have You Been Forgiven? How Much Have You Been Forgiven? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are so thankful for the unspeakable blessing of your forgiving heart. We are sinners of the worst kind, but you are a forgiver of the greatest kind. We're so thankful. We come to you begging that, oh God, please forgive us all our sins, but more than that, please give us the gift of repentance, true repentance, that we can open up our hearts to you to receive it, to know just how much we need it, to look to Calvary always, to crave it, and to have the faith that we have it in Jesus' name when we ask. Amen. How much have you been forgiven? Let's consider the story, the very interesting story of a woman who shows up in Luke 7 from verses 36 to 47. We'll read verse 47 because here is the crux of the idea we want to to consider today. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Let's take that again. Therefore I tell you, Her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Hence our question, how much have you been forgiven? We often sing this song, Chief of sinners though I be, Jesus shed his blood for me. But I wonder truly, when we sing it, do we really identify ourselves as the chief of sinners? You know, think about it. If an alien were to come into this planet and ask, I'm looking for the very worst of all your sinners, of all your evil, unthinkably wicked people in this planet called earth. Are you likely to stand up, put your hand up and say, it is me, here I am? Do you consider yourself the chief, the very head, the very worst of all the earth's very terrible people? Likely not, and yet when the song comes up, we all sing it dutifully, and uh, probably also beautifully. I myself have asked this question to myself. How much has God forgiven me? Before I came to Christ, when I look back on that life, that pre-conversion experience, frankly, back then I didn't really think that I was a, a very terrible person. I asked myself, you know, I wasn't going around robbing banks or... Or doing anything of that caliber of sin if you like. So maybe my sins were just very small. And when I came to Christ. I got forgiven of very very little little sins. And I asked myself. Well does this mean. According to this this text. Which says that. He who is forgiven little loves little. Does this mean that I could never out love. The forgiven armed robber. The forgiven rapist. The forgiven pedophile. The forgiven bank robber. You know. Could my love for Christ never exceed that of any of these people who also came to Christ? Was there a permanent glass ceiling over the love I could have for Christ because, in my own estimation, my sins had been very, very small? And I say in my own estimation because I believe here lies the answer to the problem. How much have we been forgiven? Let's consider the story of Saul. The king Saul was asked to go and destroy the amalekites as we have considered before and you'll realize that according to him when he was when he was confronted by samuel according to him he really did not esteem his disobedience to be all that great at all listen to what he says um, we'll consider verse 13 of 1 samuel chapter 15 and we'll consider verse 20 in verse 13 he says it says when samuel reached him Saul said the lord bless you i have carried out the lord's instructions I have carried out the Lord's instructions. In Samuel's mind, he seems to believe that, oh, but for leaving Agag alone, and but for leaving those few sheep, he had really done it all. Verse 20, But I did obey the Lord. This is him answering to to Samuel's protests. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission of the Lord, that the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. I completely destroyed the Amalekites. A very small sin to spare the king in saul's eyes wouldn't you think and yet on the flip side let's consider john john who calls himself the beloved the disciple whom jesus loved now now why does john call himself that truly no other no other apostle no other disciple called him that he, he called himself that john saw himself in a certain light ellen white tells us that it was john who had the most receptive spirit jesus loved them all but john had the most receptive spirit john saw himself as dearly beloved, because he himself dearly loved the Lord. It's a matter of perspective. Do we look to our sins in comparison with those of other people? Or do we look to our sins in comparison with the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary? This woman who came to Jesus Christ and washed his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair was expressing a deep love That came out of her own estimation of how much she had been forgiven by Christ. If there were only one sin ever committed, at only one time, by only one person, in only one place in this universe, Jesus would still have had to die. That's the true size of sin. There are no small ones and there are no big ones. There is only how we see our own sin. How we see ourselves in light of the sacrifice on Calvary. No wonder Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We need the poverty of spirit that shows us that we are in and of ourselves bankrupt of any righteousness. And bankrupt of any capacity for righteousness. We need the imputed, saving righteousness of Christ. We need to meet him at Calvary and to accept his forgiveness. If this is your wish, I'd like you to join me in a prayer. Father, we thank you so much for putting in your word the account of this woman who shows us that our love to you is directly proportional not to the size of our sins but to the size and the gravity of our own perception of them. Thank you for putting in your word, O God, that we can only truly see this when we see the cross of Calvary. Thank you for putting in your word assurance that when we do come to this cross, O God, you will be there to meet us to forgive us of what may be in our eyes the biggest or the littlest of sins and when it is all said and done O god may we have the witness this glaring witness out to the world like this woman did that we are thankful and that we love you for it for you loved us first in jesus mighty name
0: Thank you very much for staying with us once again you can reach us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventus world radio ghana p.o box a five five nine five adenta greater Accra region ghana